Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at managing editor, fightful.com, fightfulmma.com, fightfulwrestling.com, fightfulboxing.com. We have it all. Podcasts on all of them, news, photos, videos interviews, exclusives, you know the drill. We also have a premium service with bonus content. That's FightfulSelect.com. Check it out. Not going to spend all night doing plugs here. Lots of stuff to get into. Uh, Just make sure you check us out. YouTube, all that good stuff. Leave us a thumbs up if you're watching live. Subscribe. It is an insane night. It is UFC 229 night. There's also WWE Super Showdown Day. I did a post-show podcast with Warren Hayes. Check it out. Without further ado, it is UFC 229 talk, and I am jumping right into it because we're going to be talking about what will just forever be known as the incident, I assume, throughout this entire show. Uh, We're going to cover it right off the bat, of course. We're talking about it more and more throughout this show because I know that there are going to be people that are showing up and wanting to kind of get this in. I am joined by Showdown Joe, decades of experience in the MMA world. Joe, what we just saw was insane. Uh, to put it bluntly, yeah. To, I mean, I've, I've been around this game for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, I, I recall the DS uh, when Jake Shields and stuff like that, when, when that Fair. all went down with Jason Mayhem Miller. Um, but it's never happened in the UFC because, you know, Dana specifically says the security is always available, uh, whether it's the UFC security, whether it's the venue security. Um, it, this stuff would never happen. And, and my goodness, th- nobody was prepared for this and they weren't ready to, to do anything about it. It was just simply too late. And um, I, I don't know what's going to happen right now with, with Habib. Uh, you know, Dana not putting that gold around his waist was actually the right call, believe it or not. Um, I'm personally not going to be surprised if they strip him, strip him, suspend him. Um, I, everything Habib has done, everything, every single thing that he has done to build himself um, he went from basically making himself into almost this this um, like demigod legend by tapping out Conor McGregor, sure. the whole world seeing this, and in the blink of an eye, pretty much ruining, ruining it all. So here's the way we're going to do this. We're going to talk about what happened right off the bat. We're getting right into that. We will cover the fight itself, the actual in-ring stuff, and then we'll talk more about what happened after uh, as we go along the card, but... Habib Nurmagomedov defeated Conor McGregor. What Habib Nurmagomedov did after that was insane. And I was saying to you off the air, it's not easy to make Conor McGregor look sympathetic. It's not. And somehow the Nurmagomedov camp did it. Now, Joe, you and I have, uh, we, we had the Fightful MMA podcast every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And it was almost a running joke last year when Mark Goddard was pushed by Conor McGregor in the cage. Uh overseas like what's going to happen to conor mcgregor is he going to get punished ultimately no a lot of people are drawing comparisons to the conor mcgregor bus attack here's the difference conor mcgregor is not beholden to any athletic commissions as a part of that bus attack the athletic commission was not regulating that parking lot or that parking structure in brooklyn habib number jumped the cage quite impressively all things considered 
and went after Dylan Danis. If the name Dylan Danis sounds familiar, guys, it's because uh, Dylan Danis is Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach who re- fights in Bellator. He has had a, a bit of a public, almost a friendly feud with Kevin Lee. Just absolute insanity. But that's not it. Uh, but, we'll, but we'll talk about that. Let's let's go ahead and get into that. Habib Nurmagomedov going after uh, Dylan Danis and just mayhem ensues in the crowd, Joe. Yeah, I mean, again, just, just reiterating the fact that one – I mean, we have all made incorrect decisions in our life. Some of them, uh, you know, really, really bad. That was one of the worst decisions I think Habib Nurmagomedov uh, will make in his life because that is something that that just the emotions got the best of him. Um, we all knew. I mean, anyone that's close enough to this fight or was paying attention to everything leading up to this fight knows the emotions that were involved by both of these guys. And Habib took a lot of what Connor did and said. Uh, more than personal, as was evidenced afterwards. And the whole thing with, with Dylan, uh, that going down and just, I mean, it, it, it's, it's insane um, doing what he did. I don't think he's he was in the right set. Of, like, Dominic Cruz did a great job talking about it afterwards and saying, look, when you're the champion, you have to act like a champion. You've got to compose yourself like a champion. Now you have arguably what is going to probably be the biggest pay-per-view for the UFC in history marred by this. And I mean, some of the media that have been ripping the UFC for 20 years are just salivating at the mouth. They probably all can't wait to get on their shows over the next few days to talk about how barbaric the UFC is and how pathetic the UFC people are and the fighters are and this and that. And and now, the, you know, Habib's given them all fodder, you know, and, you know, I, 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 I explained it on Tuesday's podcast. I, I, you know, I've spent time with Habib. We were in Bahrain. Uh, and I can't tell you how much of a nice guy. He truly is, and this is something way out of character, in my opinion. It, this this definitely crossed the line. Yeah, this was unbelievable. I think this extends beyond the bus attack, and, and I'm not advocating the bus attack. People immediately say, oh, well, what Connor did, it, it doesn't matter what Connor did. That was stupid, too. The Mark Goddard thing, that was stupid, too. Uh, any number of things that Connor McGregor had done are stupid, too, and this can be equally, if not way more stupid. It didn't end there. Not to mention, this is technically in the crowd, Joe. You've got spectators here involved. I don't know if you remember the the Pacers-Pistons brawl, but man, the the just shitstorm that unfolded because of that. Fortunately, the person that Habib was going after was a member of Conor McGregor's corner, and it's not often that I can say, fortunately, the guy that he was going after. This shouldn't have happened, and it was wild. I mean... Is it good for you and I? Is it good for our view count right now? You're damn right it is. That, that's that's good news considering that Conor McGregor lost and Conor McGregor losing. Does that take some of the sparkle off of MMA? A little bit. This situation, it's going to be talked about in the mainstream press. It's going to be talked about in the mainstream media by a lot of people who have no goddamn clue what they're talking about. No goddamn clue of how this could have possibly been prevented. What I thought was almost worse, almost worse. I don't know. I can't really, it's hard to decide. Multiple members of the Nurmagomedov camp came in and essentially jumped Conor McGregor. You see one sort of distracting Conor McGregor. Another takes a shot at McGregor. I'm not going to identify who they were because I don't know at this point. But I mean, McGregor had just been tapped out. Like Habib just won. He beat him. It's That's it. He beat him. He stood over top of him in a gesture of, of defiance and a gesture of dominance. Habib won. <laughs> what more do you need there? Do you think this was potentially, you know, preconceived, precontrived? I mean, something that was set up no matter what, or was it just everyone's emotions got the best of them? And it just, you know, um, not every man for himself, but, you know, this is our line, this is our team versus your team, and we're going to keep doing this. I mean, that, the, the mental process, I mean, again, I, I hate, dating myself having been in this game um I, I i just can't understand the mentality in doing something like this especially on this grand stage and and connor's guy or uh habib's guys jumping in to the octagon and flat out sucker punching connor over and over again i mean that is absolute lunacy i mean let's be honest for a second this could this could have got a lot worse and right now, as we speak, it's probably going to be crazy in, in Las Vegas right now. I mean, I've been to my fair share of big UFC events, big from UFC 100 and on. And then anytime 
um, you know, bad blood fights would happen, whether it was Chuck and Tito or BJ and GSP and, um, you know, country versus country sort of thing. I've seen Vegas almost explode and, and just see crazy things. I can only imagine what is going on right now. So the, the fallout of this, Dana White in the cage saying, I'm not putting the title on you because if I put the title on you, people are going to throw shit in this cage. I don't think that he was wrong. In, and I mean, I don't think he was wrong in the prediction. We'll break down the, the moral aspect of this, but as Habib walks out of the cage or walks to the back, they do start throwing stuff at him. And this is a very, very pro-McGregor crowd, as we found out after the co-main event. Uh, who wanted to like Tony Ferguson, but he wouldn't let them uh, initially. This is a level of heat in pro wrestling that you haven't been able to get since the mid to late 90s. In MMA, you're getting it. You know, you often hear in wrestling, people throwing batteries and waiting for you outside, slashing your tires and stuff. Habib has that type of heat right now. It is insane. Oh, yeah. How, how do you think they can handle this? How can they prevent this? with Habib moving forward if they even do business with him in the foreseeable future? Well, B, I think B is the most important thing uh, that you just mentioned. How like I, I can't see Dana White doing business with Habib Nurmagomedov for quite some time. Let's not forget that he's really upset with Ali right now, uh, Habib's uh, manager, because um, he was basically the catalyst of what happened when they, they couldn't get that proper face-off the first time. And the second time was the press conference. But he's, I, I know Dana's upset with Ali as is. Now you're talking about a fighter that has basically um, given the UFC another black eye, a brand new black eye, a brand new scar that they're going to have to be dealing with for quite some time um, because of the grand stage of this. Uh, and like I said, Habib has got, Habib went from being this this massive superstar by tapping out Conor McGregor to just destroying it all instantly instantly destroying it all like everything that you've worked for your whole career your whole life you finally did it you finally did it you silenced the critics you silenced everyone you beat the UFC poster child you beat the biggest star in the sport you've now taken that and potentially can make yourself one of the biggest stars in the sport and instead you go and do something like that now on the flip side with the heat you know how this works Sean with the heat the next time Habib Nurmagomedov fights, there'll be a lot of viewers. As I can tell you right now, we're setting records in our, our live chat, something like 2,700 people watching right now. I can't so, keep up with the live chat. It's fantastic. It's insane. I had to install temporary mods. So, by the way, guys, if this is your first time, Fightful MMA podcast, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, FightfulMMA.com. James Lynch has interviews with tons of uh, MMA fighters every single week. We got a lot for UFC Moncton already. What we're going to do is talk a little bit about this Conor McGregor-Habib situation after every couple of fights that we break down. That way we can lead up to the main event. There's a lot to get into. Let's go ahead and start with the the prelim fights. Tony Martin, KTFO's Ryan LaFlair. Sean Shelby called these two the two most boring fighters in the UFC. Tony Martin, 2-0 at welterweight. He needed this finish. He got this finish. That's a good move. He's 2-0 at welterweight. He's won five of six, Joe. Yeah, I mean, we were sort of laughing at this on Tuesday, talking about this, but uh, Tony Martin made a statement here. Made a big statement here that, you know what, um, I feel bad for Ryan LaFlair. I don't know what's going to happen to him right now, but uh, Tony Martin did a fantastic job uh, with that KO, and it happened in the third round. Uh, I'm sure he would have wanted it in the first round, but uh, kept going, kept moving forward, did what he had to do, uh, and then gets the head kick KO and the punches. A decent fight, if uh, worth a watch, if only for the talent in the cage and the finish. Nick Lentz dominates Gray Maynard and wins via TKO round two. Maynard unbelievably slow. There's a really uh, big ass whipping in that first round, 10 to 8. Gray's corner should have uh, stopped it, to be honest with you. Maynard cracks Lentz, but Lentz fires back and wins with a huge head kick. Afterwards, Lentz is a little bit controversial. Shouts out Brett Kavanaugh. But uh, once upon a time, people saw Nick Lentz as the answer to Conor McGregor. That is not, not the case anymore. No, no, and the problem with with Gray Maynard, if you go, if you go back and you look at the fight, the whole time, well, for the most part, he was fighting with his hands almost by his pecs, at the yes. same level as his pecs. So you're not protecting your chin, and that's what Lentz was just tagging and tagging and tagging. I mean, those shots were going through because nothing was protecting or preventing them from getting through. 
So all, all that was there was space. And Nick Lentz took advantage of the space and just kept tagging Gray. And lo and behold, we saw what happened. So Yana Kuniskaya defeated Lena Landsberg. This was a snoozer. I would, rec- I would recommend everybody pass on this. But Yana Kuniskaya, this will be enough to get her in the top 15. Scott Holtzman elbows Alan Patrick's head in. There was, was a huge stalemate and Patrick fighting a takedown. Holtzman's able to KO Patrick with some really nice push-off elbows, Joe. That was fantastic. Some of the better in UFC history, to be honest with you. Holtzman injured his hand. The finish is a beauty. Uh, good stuff for uh, Scott Holtzman. Old school Jeremy Horn style. Jeremy Horn yeah. was the first one that used to show us that way back in the day uh, before he even got to the UFC. With, when I was with the UCC and TKO, it was something he would show us in the back. Matt Hughes was there. Robbie Lawler was there. Uh, they were training, and he always would tell the guys, you got to push down, push down, and as soon as the guy releases, your elbow comes down. Push down, bang, it comes across, and Scott Holtzman did it magically in that fight. Beautiful. Good job. So more on the Habib situation, obviously this got personal very, very early. Conor McGregor went to the press conference, targeted Ali Abdelaziz, uh, maybe threatened to reveal some privilege information about him. Did, quite frankly. He did, yeah. Some say that McGregor attacked Nurmagomedov's religion with some of the comments that he made. I, I wonder what was finally the motivating factor to make Habib say, all right, I'm going to jump this cage. I think it was, it, to me, it just feels like it was premeditated because it was just something, um, it, 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 I, I didn't see anything where he looked over and then reacted. I might be wrong, but it looked like he was like, okay, this job is done. Now I'm taking care of the next job of my evening tonight. I'm going after this guy here. I think he was yelling at him for something and maybe Dylan may have said something back, which then did it, right? But at the same time, it's just, you, you get trash talked all the time, Habib. You just, you, you got to just let it go. You know, hang in there and you know, get your hand raised, do a great post-fight interview, uh, you know, thank your opponent, be humble and kind, or if it's not worth it, you know, say what you got to say, but get out of there and then just go to the post-fight press conference. Can't be jumping the cage, man. It's, I mean, it, it's, it still blows my mind. So if you're the UFC, you're put in a weird position. I talked about the moral aspect of Dana White's decision to not put the title on Connor. Do you think that subconsciously he also did that for maybe maybe this guy isn't my champion now as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, it, it was one of the things that I tweeted out as it was going on or, or as it was starting to sort of calm down and, and DC and Luke Rockhold were in there telling Habib, dude, you got to relax, you got to stop, you got to stop. Um, I, I can't predict everything that Dana White does because sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, but he is the president of the company that he runs the show. This is not a sport. This is not the, you know, this is not major league baseball or the NHL uh, or, or, or the NFL. This is a sport. The, or the UFC is a business. He runs that company and he's not going to want to do business with someone like that, that does that for the very first time on this scale. Right. So he's thinking to himself, you know what? I don't want this guy to be my champion anymore. We're going to strip this guy. I'm not putting like, but putting the belt on him or not putting the belt yeah. on him was actually a very good decision, as was evidenced when Habib was walking to the back. Everyone's throwing their beers at them. Not uh, to mention the whatever. mess of a lightweight division he's had, and we'll talk about that again after yeah. the next couple of fights that we cover. Uh, number nine, Aspen Ladd slaughters Tanya Evinger. This was a big challenge for Aspen Ladd, and she is looking like a real scary prospect. She looked scary on the on the scale yesterday. But she just immediately lands a, a, a takedown off of a scramble and just rocks Evinger with some of the gnarliest ground and pound you'll see out of a woman. And people don't put away Tanya Evinger like this this early. It no. took Cyborg three rounds at 145 on short notice. Aspen Ladd just rocked her dome in about a minute or two. Yeah, I was watching. As the fight was going on, I was, my eyes were kind of widening, and I was just like, what am I watching here? Like, What is happening here? And then you hear just, ah, rah, rah. And I was like, whoa, woman, damn, you are tough. Holy smokes. And she's just going on and on and on. And, you know, you don't do that to Tanya Evinger. I mean, not yeah. many people can do that. And I know people were, were comparing it to, to the Cyborg fight. And, you know, Cyborg took her three rounds. Cyborg lately has been fighting uh, a tad more reserved to when she used to fight in previous organizations because she's got a lot more at stake. She's older. Got to be smarter. She'll keep people at the end of her punches a lot more. Uh, Aspen Ladd is one of those people, despite the fact that I think she's, I think she's six and zero, seven and zero. I think she's seven and zero. 
her record is misleading. She had eight amateur fights. The only one she lost was to a woman named Cynthia Calvillo, who's doing yeah. fine for herself. Yeah. But uh, she's got some wins over some wins there. So she's been, she's probably got like 15, 16 fights under her belt and she's 23, a huge prospect in this division. She is one that you need to watch. I would recommend watching this fight because this is a, a big star in the future of the division. Uh, Vicente Luque rolled Jalen Turner's eyes in the back of his head. This fight should not have been made. Jalen Turner, this one was on short notice. Turner up a weight class. He was very aggressive. The commentary leaned towards him an odd amount. Strange. He mixed, he overperformed. He did overperform considering the betting lines and all things considered. But man, the commentary gave him a little bit too much credit. And this was a weird, dumb matchup, as James Lynch pointed out. Yeah, James nailed that on Tuesday. He sure did. And, and as they mentioned on commentary, Bisping brought Turner in to prepare for the Rockhold fight. So people in high places think a lot of him. But, and I would, on my recommendations, this is a definitely watch despite the odd booking, but Vicente Luque has won eight of his, seven of his last eight. Jalen Turner should not have been fighting him. No, no, not even close. I mean, uh, James Lynch nailed it on Tuesday, describing that, you know, we were going, we were breaking down this fight. Um, I don't think any of the three of us were kind of like, no, nah, it's not too good, but he nailed it on the head. I mean, Jalen Turner, uh, I think he fights at 155. Am I, am I correct? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and of course, he's moving up and fighting a guy that's in a bigger weight class who's just an absolute beast. Uh, and the commentary, yeah, the commentary, and I, I know when I do play-by-play, and whether it's with Frank Trigg or whether it's Kamaru Usman, we don't do that kind of stuff. We're not hyping somebody too much uh, to the point where it's like you got to respect his opponent because it's MMA. Like anything can happen. You can't be focusing and constantly talking about one guy unless it's a bore fest, Sean. And you got to just you got to go through stories and talk about what you got. But you got to be careful when you're saying certain things about a certain fighter because he's fighting another human being trained to kick his butt. You know what I'm saying? And I think it was just fantastic the way uh, Vincente won. I mean, it's just, it was smart. It was smooth. It was ruthless, right? But Jalen Turner will be back and hopefully he fights only at 155. How do you think Bellator fared tonight? Because there are a hell of a lot of people who are going to know who Dylan Danis is now. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, at least a hell of a lot more. Yeah. And they have I, him. Yeah. Mind you, my my phone is still blowing up, and I I, I, I put it yeah, on. Me style. too. It's insane. It's blowing up, but people are asking me, "Who is this guy? Who's the guy that Habib was? Dylan Dennis? Who's this? Who's that?" And you know, and if I reply or if I'm texting them back, now they all know. Now they all know. So yeah, Bellator's probably like, "Yep, thank you." Unbelievable, unbelievable. And as we find out who attacked Conor McGregor, wherever those guys are, they will have an increased profile too. Because I don't know who it was. Some of them might fight in. Russia and quite frankly, athletic commissions won't give a shit there. Yeah. Just here, Formiga defeated Sergio Pettis. Pettis uses jab really well early in the later round and scrambles up after a Formiga takedown. But despite that, it doesn't stop great timing on the Formiga takedown. And that is the story. Uh, Formiga grabs a body lock trip after taking the wizard away, drags Pettis to the ground. And then Formiga takes Pettis' back and acts like a Jan sport for five <laughs> minutes in round three. <laughs> I was really disappointed in Sergio Pettis, the number two flyweight in the world. He didn't try to roll through. He didn't try to just go to the ground and work on it. He's like, no, I'll stand here for five minutes with homeboy on my back and do nothing. Let's just hope for the best. Bad move. It, it, it's puzzling. Uh, first of all, kudos to Formiga for being able to – remember, it's a third round he did this in. It's not the second round to be – or first round to be able to lock your legs around another human being and to hold on to it for the vast majority of the round. For any of you that have never trained jiu-jitsu or trained grappling in general, sometimes when we do this drill, you, you can't even do it for 15 seconds. This guy did it for, what, four minutes? But again, Sergio Pettis just was like, dude, like you, you're down two rounds to one. I don't know. How, a couple of judges gave him a round. I don't know which round it was. Maybe the first round, but he was down, and he had to do something. And there was just no sense of urgency or panic. And even I was sitting there going, "Okay, dude, you got to do something." Like you know, I don't always agree with Joe Rogan. In fact, I never agree with Joe Rogan except for this time, where Joe's like, "You, you got to do something. Roll, take him to the center of the cage, do a backflip, do something, do a front roll, get him off you." And he was actually right because. If you let him stay on your back, all you're doing is that the time is just ticking away. He's winning the round. I don't know why yeah. he, Sergio Pettis didn't have this sense of urgency. So, you know, I'm sure he, I'm not, I hope he doesn't watch his fight. But if he does watch his fight, he's just going to shake his own head at himself. 
I would recommend passing on this fight, as well as number eight, Michelle Watterson, outclassing number nine, Felice Herrig. We thought that Herrig's size was going to play a bigger role than it did, and it did play a role, but Watterson opened up with front kicks, and it seemed like Herrig was trying to play that game a little bit too much, trying to to emulate that a little too much. Herrig works the body lock that she'll usually control, but she left herself open to a lot of knees, Joe. Uh, I was surprised when Watterson abused Herrig's momentum Used that wizard with the throw. The pivot was beautiful. Got hair down. This happened a couple times. And Watterson actually showed how you win a fight off your back. Yes. In guard, with the elbows, with the strikes, slicing people open. <clears throat> I'm surprised more fighters don't do this. Watterson did. I don't know how she got a 10-8 round, but she did win this fight. She did win this fight. For those of you that have never seen it before, go back and watch Sean uh, salivating after the GSP uh, Michael Bisping fight and how Michael Bisping cut up George St. Pierre with the elbows from the bottom. Uh, it is a fantastic technique, one that is really um, used properly in the octagon. And Michelle Watterson did a great job with Felice. Uh, and even before that, she was throwing a few elbows. And if you noticed it, Sean, they weren't power elbows. They were slicing elbows. Yeah. Where she was using the bone to irritate the skin, right? So sometimes, I mean, David Loiseau used to show us that all the time where, you know, well, he's nuts anyways, but he would throw elbows to crack your skull, but he used to throw elbows in a manner where it's just cutting, cutting, slicing attack, slicing attack. And Michelle Watterson did a great job of doing that. But Felice, she just got beat by a, by a better woman tonight. Let's talk about something much more enjoyable. Derek Lewis, number two, comeback KOs, number five, Alexander Volkov. This was a Derek Lewis fight. He gets his ass kicked early. It's a really boring fight after that. Then he knocks somebody dead. This was weird. Nothing like wild speculation on commentary when somebody's eye is held. Oh, it's an eye poke. No, it's a fish hook. No, it's nothing at all. There's also this weird spot where Volkov loses his mouthpiece, Joe. Wanted Herb Dean to put it in for him. Then I think wanted Derek Lewis to put it in. It was weird. I don't know what happened there. Uh, Volkov gave up position on a terrible Lewis takedown attempt and ate some big punches on the top as a result. Lewis was doing this fake single to the outside trip, and it was, <laughs> as I say, nowhere near Berlin. He was nowhere near getting that. And I, to me, I think Volkov coasted a little bit too much. He thought that he after that first round, there was no sense of urgency, and this was a really good example of how even if you – should have finished somebody in the first round. You can't give up on that in the third round, Joe. Yeah, Volkov was keeping Lewis at the end of his punches, really slugging him. Didn't matter. Yeah, I mean, this fight just brings just a massive smile to my face, only because uh, of the amount of stuff that I said about Derek Lewis in the past. And I, I still go back to the, the comments he made about Ronda Rousey after he beat Travis Brown. But Derek Lewis is an absolute – the guy makes me laugh so hard in tears, pretty much. Volkov lost this fight not because Derek Lewis punched his face in. Volkov had this fight won. He went into cruise control, didn't get smart, didn't pay attention to the fact that Lewis is only going to attack in in explosive manner. Not consistent manner, but he's going to take, suck in that wind, deep breath, deep breath, deep breath, and explode. Deep breath, deep breath, explode. Derek Lewis proved to anybody and everybody that has ever doubted him that this dude's got massive heart. This guy's absolutely insane. He took a beating. His orbital bone must be jacked up. Oh. Eye gets poked. The guy just is just uh, – he, he got his butt handed to him but didn't quit, didn't look for an excuse, didn't look just to fall down and say, I've had enough and cover up and keep punching me until the ref stops it. No, he tried and figured out a way to win this fight. And he did it. He did so in an absolutely crazy, fantastic fashion to the point I saw a lot of tweets out there, uh, a lot of, on some of the boards as well, that it's the comeback of the year. That's how good yeah, his performance was. Now, in terms of the mouthpiece, Sean, the, the, what, what we're taught uh, with Big John was always you never – if the mouthpiece comes out, you wait for a break in the action, you call time, you get the mouthpiece, you're allowed to go to the corner and have them wash it out. I would do it because of hygienic reasons, but you never – Put it back into the fighter's mouth. You give it to the fighter or the corner. No, actually, you don't give it to the corner. You give it to the fighter. They put it in their mouth only because of a potential lawsuit of you putting it in his mouth. And if his tooth is loose, for example, from getting punched and you knock his tooth out or something like that, you let the fighter put it in themselves. So that's where that awkward situation uh, probably happened. But in terms of Derek Lewis, man, 
What a fight. That was great. Yeah, I think Volkov beat himself, but uh, that right hand of Derek Lewis sure helped things out a lot, and Derek Lewis gets another big win. Let's talk about the real story of this fight. He took his <laughs> pants off afterwards. Joe Rogan says, Derek Lewis, why are you taking your pants off? And Derek Lewis replies with, my balls was hot. To which Joe Rogan replies, I understand. And don't we all? Don't we all? Uh, Derek Lewis is absolutely. I had people messaging me saying, I can't believe he brought up Trump. And I was like, I didn't even notice. Of all the things he said during that, I don't notice anything politically said. He said he wants to smoke weed with Joe Rogan. He said, hell no, I'm not fighting for the UFC title. I got to fix my cardio. All kinds of stuff. And I wanted to remind people that throughout all the funny things, the controversial things that he said, and we have covered it at length on our show, this is a guy who drove to Houston in his truck and pulled 100 people out of floodwaters last year. The man is a legit hero for what he did there and and his selflessness uh but he's this awesome. was great he, he had a global audience he's gonna get an even bigger global audience because joe rogan podcast is one of the most successful in the world he's gonna be on that show now without a doubt and he just oozed charisma a special kind of charisma that nobody else has joe so a bunch of my uh my we'll, we'll just say african-american friends were just all over me about this fight because obviously you know they're they're gonna follow their boy they love their boy and you know they're just like literally like the laughing face emojis all across the screen this guy's the best and I actually had uh, another friend send me a message quote he is so hood it's amazing end quote and it's true the guy just any anytime you put a microphone in his face he's so funny controversial at times but honest he's honest he's not gonna mince his words. I mean, why did you take your shorts off? Because my balls were hot. Like, dude, are you serious? You just said that to millions of people that are watching around the world? No shame. No shame. Shorts off, over the shoulder, no shame. But, man, that dude there put on a performance both in the octagon and verbally. So kudos to Derek Lewis. He's he's making me a fan, Sean. He's finally making me a fan. Reminder, guys, we do have the Fightful MMA podcast every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Myself, Showdown Joe, certified ref and judge, uh, decades of experience in the MMA journalism world. Also, James Lynch, who is in Vegas right now, speaks to probably 100 UFC fighters, MMA fighters a month. A lot of inside info from him, live podcasts, all kinds of cool stuff. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, watch this fight. As frustrating as this fight can be, is a good example of why a sense of urgency in MMA is important. Dom Reyes kind of knocked out number seven OSP. Uh, Dom Reyes shucked every takedown attempt OSP threw his way, scrambled back up from a hip throw from the wizard. Up against the cage, Reyes made OSP pay with sick uh, Travis Brown elbows. I think right now, all things considered, I, I think Dom Reyes is a top five light heavyweight right now, today. I, I'm, there's no way I can disagree with you. I mean, that was a great performance. I mean, uh, can you say that it was a knockout at the... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply very end of the fight you can make that argument immediately because when he punched him in the face and he or punched him was i think it's glanced off the neck to the chin but he went down to the ground it was a walk-off it was i'm done i'm stepping away from here but then the horn sounds and then when the referee goes over and starts talking to the fighter at the same time even if sorry on the flip side 
OSP was punched in the face or punched, goes down, knows that he'd already heard the clap for 10 seconds. Mentally, that potential is 10 seconds are gone. He gets clocked. He goes down to the ground and like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Here's the horn, knows the fight is over, is just going to lay there. And then you have the referee saying, get up, 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 get up. All right, fine. I'm getting up. He gets up. So it becomes the fight then goes to the judge's scorecard. So you can make the argument if you're Dominic raises peeps and say, you know, that was a knockout. And I would buy that argument. You can also say if you're OSP's peeps, you know what? The fight was over. He heard the horn. Yeah, he got punched in the face. But what's the point of having to get up when he just the fight's over, but the referee wants you to get up? I bet, I bet a guy named Mirab Bavishvili has a problem with this. Yep. Uh, Dvavishvili was the fella earlier this year who, quite frankly, should have won his fight against Ricky Simone, but they retroactively stopped the fight after the horn. Now, the result wasn't affected, essentially, here. But this did take Dom Reyes out of the running for $50,000 because you damn well better believe that Habib Nurmagomedov isn't getting that $50,000 submission bonus now. So... This KO could have been $50,000 more in Dom Reyes's pocket. Dom Reyes has exploded onto the scene. And he's somebody that, that I've got my eye on, and we've, we've interviewed him at Fightful. James Lynch has. But first round and the last 10 seconds of this fight are worth watching. In the middle, that, that's where you're going to see Dom Reyes grow. You're going to see him adjust his cardiovascular training a little bit more, his gas tank. He's going to make changes there. He's still young in the game. But he he is at 28. He'll be 29 probably by the next time that he fights. But, I mean, this is a guy, Joe, who was not in the UFC a year and a half ago. He debuted in June 2017. Now he's 4-0, beat Jared Cannonier, who's a fringe top 15 guy, beat Ovince St. Preux, who's fought for a title. He's a guy to look out for. He's definitely a guy to look out for. People are being arrested at the venue. So... Mayhem still ensuing after the Conor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov situation. So, what is to become of the lightweight title? I have an idea. I nominate Tony Ferguson, who walked around this week with the championship, has a legitimate claim to the championship, Joe. For those of you who are are just tuning in and aren't familiar with the trajectory of this title, Conor McGregor won it. They ha- they forced him to vacate it when he boxed. Tony Ferguson won the interim or the the vacant title. Tore up his knee in April. Came back six months later after surgery. Did not do physical therapy. Did not lose his title, but because he got hurt, they had to book Habib Nurmagomedov against Ally Quinta. Habib won the title that you saw tonight. So three men before tonight laid legitimate claim to that title. Now only two do, since Conor McGregor is is out of the way, essentially. But right now, right now, if you were to ask me who should be the UFC lightweight champion, right now my answer is Tony Ferguson after everything that just unfolded, Joe. It is such a mess. Okay, so let's go, let's go through this real quickly again. Conor McGregor is out of the picture right now. He lost yes. fair and square to Habib Nurmagomedov. Done. Now, done. Habib is the champion for, I would say, 15 seconds. Because then he jumps the cage, loses his marbles, and mayhem ensues, which in my opinion will put, well, potentially will lead him to getting stripped. And if he gets stripped and or suspended, he's no longer the champion. Tony Ferguson fought tonight without a belt but never lost the belt that he won. Just couldn't defend it because he was injured. So this is a huge mess. So what do you do? I would like to see Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson for the title. I would too. And uh, let's go ahead and talk about the, the Tony Ferguson fight. He was around this week with his championship. And I even joked yesterday because he made, he made the championship wait. And he didn't make the championship wait just to do it, but he would have. That's Tony Ferguson. He would have. He's a psychopath in a good way. Anthony Pettis didn't. So I said if he lost, he should have kept walking around with the title and said it didn't count because Pettis didn't make weight, (laughs) make the championship weight. Let's talk about this fight. 
he limps early, he being Tony Ferguson. He gets his leg kicked. Well, then we hear, oh, we did no physical therapy, no standard physical therapy. We know the way he trains. It's nuts. Six months after having his knee torn up. Dominic Cruz, a guy who knows a little bit about having his knee torn up, was like, he did what? <laughs> what was your reaction to hearing all this and seeing him limp early on? Um, my initial reaction was shaking my head. You know, I, I start thinking, you know, the Forrest Gump quote, stupid is as stupid does. Like, what are you, dummy? Like, why would you do that? And the other side of me is like, dude, you've talked to Tony Ferguson how many times? You know this guy's not operating, uh, you know, with a full deck of cards. The guy is legit nuts. Like, he's just, he's on a different frequency. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. But then you see with, like, Pettis doing what he did, and I'm like, ah, Tony, you're done. Like, this is not going to be good for you. Um, You know, if you'd last, it's going to be the worst 15 minutes of your life. And it was turning into the worst 15 minutes of his life. But again, we've seen it before. Um, you know, the, the guy just has a way of coming back. He's got a way of coming back and pulling off these victories. He just won't go away. He, he is, he's got every, almost every sort of champion's intangible, that caliber of fighter where it's like, I am not going to lose I'm going to find a way to win. I'm going to find a way to survive. And the only way you're going to beat me is by knocking me unconscious because then I won't be able to move. I ain't tapping out and I'm not going to quit. So keep on going. So good for Tony Ferguson. Feel bad for Anthony Pettis. His right hand, uh, you know, messed up like that. And, and Duke was like, yeah, you know what? We're done. But yeah, I mean, we've seen guys fight you know, earlier in the day, earlier in the evening. Scott Holzman, both his hands are broken, he was saying. He kept going. Each fighter has their own. I, I have I gained a lot of respect for Duke Rufus for doing yep. that because how often have we said the corner needed to end this? Yep. The corner needed to end this. He did end this. Yep. And that was the right move, especially for some of the stuff you see out of or, or some of the rumors from Rufus Sport. Yeah. No, you're right. You're bang on. You're, bang, you're absolutely correct. And good for Duke for doing it. Good for for, for doing it. Um, you know, I just feel bad for Anthony because you know some guys can go through that pain and keep going. Other guys are like, man, I can't. Because I guess the, you know, the, 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 the main game plan or most of the game plans, plan A, B, and C, was something off of that right hand, right? So, so let's break down the fight, what, what happened in there. Ferguson applied pressure with, strike, with strikes effectively at range. He mixed his rangey st- punches with those inside leg kicks. Uh, I don't know that there's anybody that I would least like to fight for like an hour straight than Ferguson because I'm not sure that his body knows how to compute <laughs> exhaustion. Yeah, Like I look at him and I'm like, yeah, he probably never gets tired. Pettis did drop Ferguson, but got split open as a result, and his momentum is halted when the ref had the doctor check a cut. That's that's got to be a bummer for Pettis because I mean he was in this fight at times. Pettis looked damn good. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, he do, he did look good. Now, unfortunately, it's it's I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. I mean, he's 31 right now. Uh, he's been competing since like when? I mean, he's, at least what? 2007, the MMA mileage is beginning to catch up with Anthony Pettis. Sorry, he caught up with him a while ago, especially when he decided to go to 145 pounds. But the mileage is there. He can only do so much. And, you know, he's, he's still competing. He just, you know, according to our conversation, um, you know, he went two rounds with the champ, right? Like he went a good two rounds and almost beat the champ, right? Or at least one of the champs. So, uh, Anthony Pettis, I think he's he's fine. He should be, you know. Hopefully, he, he can continue. He can come back. Uh, I don't think I see people saying he's, he, you know, he's not getting the respect he deserves uh, on the live chat right now. And to some of you in the live chat, by the way, uh, the commission will get involved uh, in this Habib Nurmagomedov situation. It happened on the offices of the commission. It's going to happen. They're going to get involved. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, that a little more in a minute after the fight is stopped. Tony Ferguson, very emotional, obviously. He's an emotional guy, but calls out McGregor. The crowd wanted to like him so much, but then he called out McGregor. (laughs) It's like, what are you going to do? They're going to boo you. Tony Ferguson, in my estimation, after everything that happened tonight, is the rightful UFC lightweight champion. Does that mean that I think that he is the best lightweight fighter in the world? No, I don't. And quite honestly, I think Tony Ferguson is probably the third best, maybe the fourth best. But... He is the deserving champion. 
Uh, and, and that's coming from uh, about a guy who dropped the F-bomb like, what, 10 times in his post-fight presser? Why his would you throw your promos? Why? It's wild. It's wild. So here we go. Khabib Nurmagomedov, or Habib Nurmagomedov defends the UFC lightweight championship against Conor McGregor. Habib wins with a face crank. I saw a lot of people say, rear naked choke. It was a face crank in the fourth round. This was a, this was a, a fight that we expected. McGregor stuffed a couple of takedowns. Habib got him down, tied McGregor's ankles. Really nothing happened in the first round. When I saw this, I was like, man, if Habib won the fight like that, he was in 200,000 by territory the rest of his career. Well, that's certainly not the case now, Joe. (laughs) So Habib cracks McGregor with a huge overhand, a shocking overhand, and takes Conor down, working from his feet, throwing big punches. McGregor was kind of fortunate the fight didn't get stopped here, but I thought appropriately so the, the fight was left going because McGregor wasn't hurt per se. He was defending intelligently, Joe. Yeah, he was moving. He was sitting there. I mean, the, the shots were, were – and you can – I mean, I don't know which one of the broadcasters had mentioned it, uh, but he, he could be like, okay, these punches are coming hard. They're coming fast. They're coming furious, but they're not hurting me. And this dude's expending a lot of energy trying to knock me out. You know what? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'll get you next round. I've seen guys do it. So he briefly threatens with a double wrist lock. McGregor gets out. McGregor's defensive wrestling was pretty good, all things considered, uh, against Habib Nurmagomedov. Much better than many expected. McGregor stuffs takedown throughout round three and, quite frankly, boxes the piss out of Habib. However, I think that that Connor, throughout this entire fight, didn't let go enough. Because when he did, Habib didn't really have an answer for it. He would land a shot or two but he really didn't have an answer for the striking of McGregor, except for pushing in. I was surprised that McGregor allowed his, his back to get to the cage that he allowed, you know, it's, it's the old trope. When you see the black line on the, on the canvas, you reset, right, Joe? Yep. Get out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge. Well, that didn't happen. And Connor broke like four rules in this fight. Yeah. Grab the gloves, illegal knee toes in the cage. Grab the shorts, and it got in Habib's head a little bit. Five. Maybe, he grabbed the cage as well. Yeah, with his feet. Grab the cage. No, with his hand as well. So that's five. Yeah. I think it got in Habib's head, and I think that may have contributed to what happened after the fight because Habib was pumped. He was like, hey, tell him to stop doing this shit. <laughs> Round four, Habib goes really hard for a takedown. You can tell that he felt the momentum shift in round three. Habib did. Yeah. So he goes hard for that takedown in round four. And he gets it. Takes Connor's back, applies the face crank. Connor McGregor has to tap. That's a wrap. The face crank didn't look as bad, but I mean, a face crank never really does look so as bad. Right? Essentially a jaw crusher. Man. Habib Nurmagomedov submits Connor McGregor. If it were done, this is how we thought it was going to be done, Joe. Yeah. At that very moment, that very moment, when ha- when Connor's hand went up, and they went up a second time, and then the tap happened, I looked and I went, Habib Nurmagomedov just, just set himself up as one of the biggest stars in this sport. Anybody and everybody is going to know who this guy is. They may actually learn how to pronounce his first and last name correctly. Now that he, they know who he is, because they just took out he just took out the biggest star of the sport. Oh, you're, you're when you hear the mainstream press accounts of this, listen to how they pronounce his name. If they pronounce his name as anything but Habib Nurmagomedov, change the channel, click the little red X, hit the bricks. They're latching on. So then it happens. Habib jumps the cage, goes after Dylan Dennis. There are hilarious Drake memes all over the internet with him in the crowd. The Nurmagomedov crew jumps Conor McGregor. What happens to the UFC lightweight championship, Joe? He's, he's, he's getting stripped. I think he's getting stripped. I think he's getting stripped. I think the commission's going to fine him. They're going to suspend him. 
There's going to be a hearing. He's going to do whatever he can to try and explain himself. You can't. There's nothing you can say to defend these actions. You know, as as much as I like Habib Nurmagomedov, as much as I'm an absolute fan, as much as I've always been a fan of of just wrestling or just being able to strike, get your takedown, control your opponent, beat the crap out of him. As much as I love that mall and brawl style, as much as I like him as a, as a person, what he did is inexcusable. You, you're not going to be able to defend it. And he's going to have to, you know, get lawyers involved. He's going to have to pay a lot of money, in my opinion. Three of Habib's guys were arrested. Those dudes are, yeah. Like, I mean, just, you, you, I don't get it, man. I don't get it because you got, you finally did, you've achieved the pinnacle of probably your your career becoming the champion was the pinnacle beating the sport's biggest star on the sport's biggest pay-per-view evening you did it and in the blink of an eye you ruined it all why yeah i don't know how a commission's going to react to this cuz the closest we've seen is the strike force nashville brawl that was the closest and this is on such a more grand stage than Strike Force Nashville. I mean, it was, th- and the, quite frankly, I, I can't even remember the punishments that were administered there. But it was a joke. It was a joke. Habib is overseen by a commission here. The camp is overseen by a commission here. What Conor McGregor did with the bus wasn't. What he did with Mark Goddard probably was. But still, it wasn't nearly as bad as this. You have to understand that this is a case-by-case basis. I think there's a real good opportunity that in the first quarter of next year, we see Conor McGregor versus Tony Ferguson for the UFC lightweight championship. And there's a good chance that we see Habib suspended for a year, if not longer. This lightweight division can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. Dana White has said, uh, he, he spoke on Fox afterwards, he said a lot of bad stuff happened. I'm so disgusted and sick, says that Connor is okay, just upset about the fight and not about the brawl. Three of Habib's people have been arrested and taken to jail. Didn't put the belt on Habib for fan, fear of fans throwing stuff. Didn't think the rivalry would be over after the fight, but couldn't predict Habib jumping the cage. And said, we had so much security. And that Cormier and Luke Rockhold tried to defuse the situation there is a lot of potential repercussion. Uh, Connor is not at the press conference. By the way, head over, do us a solid. Follow us at Fightful MMA. That's where all of our MMA stories, you, you can see those. And Fightful Online, that's where all our pro wrestling MMA and boxing stories go. But uh, Jeremy Lambert is doing live uh, tweets of the post-show presser as we speak, so you don't have to miss that while you're listening to us blab on. <sighs> no surprise that McGregor isn't after, at the presser after this. I would say get him away from the public view for better or for worse. You don't know what could happen in a volatile situation like this, Joe. Um, well, the, the pressers in general uh, aren't open to the fans. Doesn't matter, man. Yeah. You, you involve religion and you, you involve. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. All um, that stuff. Uh, I, I'd like to hear Connor's thoughts. And I think Connor did, you know, from the camera angles that were shown on the, on the pay-per-view, um, you know, Connor got attacked. Connor got did. punched in the face. Connor got, but he didn't even. So the fight comes to an end. Habib Nurmagomedov finally lets go of the neck crank or the face crank, and he's yelling at Connor. And Connor just looked at him and then just put his head down and looked away. Right? He got beat, soundly beaten. It's done. Habib is now not letting it go. Connor let it go. Connor's like, you know what? I got beat. You beat me. Whatever. Get your rage out. No problem. Then all that goes down. And Connor's still against the cage, recovering, thinking, like, what's going on here? He sees Habib jump the cage, go after his guys, and he didn't do anything. He stood there and was just sitting there going, you know what? Security will get him. That's what I'm thinking. Security will get him, blah, blah, blah. Then he gets jumped by Habib's guys. And even still, he didn't do anything to, do, like, to, to cause any more havoc. You know, He was actually peaceful, which is the complete opposite of what I thought would have happened. Because knowing what we've seen with Conor McGregor in the past, you go after his people, he loses his mind. He didn't lose his mind tonight. He just stood there and was tried to remain as, quote-unquote, professional as possible. 
For better or for worse, when Conor McGregor loses, he does lose with grace. There are not a lot of things. Well, there are a lot of things he does with grace, but usually a situation like like that, you wouldn't expect a guy like Conor McGregor to do it. But he's always been humble in defeat. Nate Diaz, uh, Habib here, uh, Mayweather, he was. Whew, man, it's... I've said this time and time again. I said it to you off the air. It's not easy to make him look sympathetic. It's not easy to make Conor McGregor look like a baby face. And they did. And Habib did one of the few things that he possibly could have done in that situation that would have led to him not being champion. It's like in pro wrestling where if you beat somebody down after you've already beaten them and you keep beating them up in the old days, they would reverse the decision and DQ you. Yeah. There there was a moment where I was like, they might DQ Habib Nurmagomedov. Like, after all we've seen this year, we mentioned the Mirab Dvavashvili thing. Yeah. Who knows? Just what we saw tonight, the Dom Reyes fight, who knows what they would do? The Athletic Commission is going to get involved, and it's going to be nuts. Yeah. And I've, I've mentioned this, you know, we cover pro wrestling and MMA. I was up at 4.30 this morning covering a WWE show from Australia. And I've, I've mentioned this to you, Joe. And I, I don't hide it. Our numbers on the MMA side have just dwindled in the absence of Conor McGregor. And really, all this year, from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania, Greatest Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, all the NXT shows, All In, uh, SummerSlam, pro wrestling has been at the forefront of those three. And I can't tell you how happy I have been to see boxing and combat sports with Anthony Joshua. You got Wilder and Fury. You got Triple G and Canelo. You got Canelo taking a surprise fight. You got Pacquiao and Mayweather maybe fighting again. You have John Jones back for better or for worse. You have Nate Diaz back for better or for worse. It looked like we were getting Shevchenko and Joanna. That that would have been a big fight. You get Connor back. It looked like combat sports was push to the forefront again, and I'll say this again, for better or for worse, this has people talking. We tripled, tripled the most we have ever done for a live stream on this channel. Two years we've been active. We've had some really good shows. We're one of the most trusted sources in wrestling. We're one of the the, the quickest developing MMA sources. This situation, Joe, tripled the maximum viewership of WrestleMania post-shows. What does that say to you? Was this good from that perspective? And I know it's crazy to say. It's disgusting, but was it good? Yeah, well, I mean, it's A, it's Conor McGregor, number two. I mean, we were going to get, you know, I I would assume uh, any and all sites are going to get good numbers no matter what after the show that are going to have a post-fight podcast. But what Habib did, um, you know, I was getting... Literally, I mean, I can go through a whack of texts from friends and family and stuff like that that were watching the show that were simply three letters, WTF. Like, people are like, what is going on here? Like, what the, like, what, what is this? Like, stunned. And these are people that have been watching the UFC for 20 years. It's just, it's crazy what is going on. And, it, and, th- and this is not going to go away. I mean, by the time we go live Tuesday at 3 p.m. with the Holy Smokes podcast, the, the amount of stories that we're going to hear, and you know, as soon as it, 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 it's called the SRS rule, guys, as soon as we're done that podcast, <laughs> something is going to break, guaranteed. So, fortunately, I do breaking news podcasts all the time. <laughs> FightfulMMA.com. Hey, guys, if y'all want to do me a solid, head over to FightfulMMA.com. Click that exclusives tab. You're going to see a lot of interviews, some up and coming guys, some really established guys. We have pros picks where you hear the UFC fighters themselves making predictions on main events. We've got a lot of cool stuff over there. Uh, you Maybe you haven't heard of us before today, but if you like pro wrestling, dare I say there's no better place on the internet to go. And uh, there's definitely so much on the MMA and boxing side. James Lynch is so good. We have Showdown Joe's experience. We have David Teese. He's a workhorse. And Carlos Toro, one of the, quite frankly, the best boxing writers in the world right now. He does a bi-weekly newsletter. If you're a casual fan of boxing, check it out. If you're a hardcore fan of boxing, check it out. That's your one-stop shop for boxing news. Maybe you can't keep up with the stories every day. That Fightful Boxing Newsletter will do it for you. Dana White says backstage that they have given Conor McGregor his check, but Nevada is withholding 
Habib Nurmagomedov's biggest payday of your life gone. Three million for Connor disclosed. Two million for Habib disclosed. Those are those are some affliction day of reckoning numbers, Joe. Just just insanity. It's absolute insanity. I, I listen, man. I'm, I'll say it again. Okay, we're all human. And I am no different than Sean Rossap, than everyone watching right now, anyone in the live chat, anyone that watches this later on, hears it later on. We all make mistakes. We all make dumb mistakes. We've all made mistakes that have probably cost us money. This is crazy for Habib to do what he what he did. Like, why? 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 I get it. It's emotional religion and family but man it's funny my my cat wrestling coach just texted me the same thing he says you provoke a guy's heritage religion family forever and never have it and never have it escalate that's not happening habib took it all personally he did he took it all personally joe and throughout the fight even he took it personally the cheating i think when connor i think he was provoked by all the fouls in the cage as well yeah Guys, hit us up with some questions in the live chat really quickly. We will do that as as the numbers are growing a little bit. Uh, We've got some live coverage from the presser. Ferguson says that he and Habib deserve to fight. Says that Connor doesn't want to fight me. Nobody wants to be trapped in the cage with me. They want to be animals. I'm a dog catcher. I think after tonight, Connor McGregor would fight Tony Ferguson. What says you, Joe? Yeah, 100%. He would love to fight Tony Ferguson because Ferguson will stand and bang with him. You won't have to worry too much about the wrestling because Ferguson's not the same wrestler uh, as, as Habib is, but Ferguson's jiu-jitsu game is damn sick. So, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Priscilla on the uh, live chat. Just that's, John, that's John Baez, my oh, dude, John Baez. Yeah. Sorry. What's up, John? Doing uh, some temporary mod work for us today. Uh, Dom Reyes says he believes he's in the top 10 and thinks he's a contender now. Says he had a better left hand than Connor tonight. It's hard to disagree. It was good. He did he look good, man. Kid looked good. Dom Reyes looked incredible tonight. As far as Habib, if we get a suspension, well, let's wildly speculate. What type of suspension do you think we're looking at here? Um, one year. One year suspension. Um, 50% of his purse. Not to mention, I mentioned all that that about what MMA is getting back. Brock Lesnar's coming back. My God, man. <laughs> it's good to be a part of Fightful, kids. Now, we're going to address this because we're going to have a lot of casual viewers. And we have somebody in the live chat says, you think this was all a part of the plan made by the UFC post-fight drama? No. Nope. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. They would be, here's the thing. They would be dumb to do this, but they would also be dumb not to if given the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those situations that can only unfold organically, Joe. Yeah, 100%. This is is not staged by the UFC. Uh, The UFC is not into really staging this kind of stuff. They're into promoting fights, but this is, I mean, yeah. UFC has athletic commissions to answer to. They have, quite frankly, law. There, there might be some civil suits coming out of this. Several civil suits, Joe. Yeah, Connor getting sued. Habib will get sued. Sure. Connor's guy. Connor might be suing Habib's guys. It could right? very well happen. Yeah, there's, there's, this is, this is a mess. Like we have no idea. We're, this is so fresh right now that we don't really even have any the slightest of ideas how crazy this is all going to pan out. Guys, if you're just now tuning in, we've done an hour on this. We weaved it in and out of the show. Send us your questions. We will answer them on Tuesday's Fightful MMA podcast, 2 p.m. Eastern. If additional news breaks before then, I will go live and talk about it at FightfulMMA.com, Fightful.com. You all can follow Joe at Showdown Joe. Follow our boy James Lynch at Lynch on Sports. Follow me at Sean Ross at Most importantly, Visit Fightful.com, one of your fastest-growing pro wrestling, MMA, boxing websites. In my humble opinion, the best crossover website in existence. Lots of exclusive news you will only get there. Lots of exclusive interviews you will only get at Fightful.com. 
we got that Fightful Wrestling Weekly every Friday. James Lynch has interviews every day. We have podcasts every day from post-Raw, post-SmackDown, post-Pay-Per-View to the Listen Your Boy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We also have a premium service, FightfulSelect.com. I'm slowly adding more MMA content up there. UFC rankings breakdowns, FightfulSelect.com. I do alternate fight commentary on fights that you guys can actually request. The first was John Jones' debut fight, which has some of the worst commentary of all time. So I just kind of went over it. Joe, lasting impressions. When somebody 10 years from now says UFC 229, what will you say back? Jaw-dropping, stunned, can't believe how a fighter was able to do what every fighter dreams of doing and ruining it in the blink of an eye. So... I mean, love, love, love Khabib, love Connor, love both those guys. But man, what a, what a, we have no idea what, the, how this is all going to unfold. It's crazy. By the way, everyone, oh. shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks for coming in and happy Thanksgiving to all my Canadians out there. A reminder Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. We are very interactive with the live chat. We talk about what you guys want to talk about with insiders and MMA. Check us out, Fightful.com. I almost don't want to leave, Joe. The show's doing so well. The numbers are climbing at 2.21 a.m. But we've got work to do. Thank you guys so much. Until next time, we're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.